everyone. Welcome to New Point Community Church. Thanks for joining our podcast today. We pray that this series and this message inspires you to grow your faith and builds your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy today's message. Christmas would not be Christmas without the story that started it all. 2,000 years ago. At New Point, we believe the Christmas story is true. We believe that it's genuine. We believe that it's legit. We believe that it's important that every man, every woman, every child hears it, knows it, embraces it, experiences it. It's important that all of us download it into our life because it's forever life-changing. And so I wish you a merry, merry, merry Christmas and that your Christmas will be filled with incredible memories, unbelievable experiences that will forever change you. So I want us to look at the Christmas story I want us to specifically look at the God of the Christmas story. Some of us here, we might be okay with the God of the Christmas story. Some of us here, we might struggle with the God of the Christmas story. And I want to bring clarity to you. I want to bring clarity to us about this God of the Christmas story. Have you ever met someone where the perception of them were different than what you first believed? We all have, haven't we? You know, you heard about that coach. Oh man, he'll get in your grill. He's mean, he's hard, he's nasty. Or that teacher, they won't put up with anything and their tests are incredibly difficult. Matter of fact, they hope that half the class flunks. Or have you heard about that boss? Hey, he doesn't put up with anything. Or she's very critical and she doesn't give out very many thank yous. And you develop a perception and then you meet him and you're startled. You're kind of blown away because the reality didn't match the perception that you had of them at all? You see, perception is a powerful, powerful thing. Perception can keep you and I from stepping into relationships or into experiences. That's why perception, many people will say, is reality. Because it's that powerful. Maybe perception kept you from interviewing for that job. You heard about that job and you thought, oh, my lands, I don't know if I'm up for this job. And so instead of stepping into that experience, you backed away from that. Or maybe perception kept you from going on that blind date. Maybe you heard about her or you heard about him and you know what? A little bit of perception mixed in with a little bit of fear. And it kept you from going on that date. And here's my concern, my friend. 
is that perception keeps many people from experiencing God and stepping into a relationship with him. And my hope, my prayer for you is that this Christmas, your perception of God will be real. It'll be authentic. Because maybe your perception of him is wrong. That your expectations, your understanding, the profile that you have developed in your mind or maybe in your heart really doesn't line up with reality. And here's what I want us to understand. The most important thing about you today, the most important thing is your perspective of God because it affects everything you and I do. It affects every choice, every decision that you and I make. And so let's look at the Christmas story because that's where it all began. There's a man, his name was John. He wrote a letter and he named it after himself. Isn't that a great idea, huh? The Gospel of John. And yet we are told through history that he was one of Jesus's closest friends. He spent an enormous amount of time with Jesus, more than anybody else. Matter of fact, many people would say and scholars would say that he was Jesus's favorite. And he was an eyewitness to Jesus while he was here on earth. And he did this so that you and I would know who Jesus really is. So that if you reject Jesus, if you reject God, you're rejecting him on good information, not on a perception or what you have conjured up in your mind, but that you would be rejecting him based on truth, based on reality, not a perception. And so John writes this. He says, the word referring to to Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. He says this, this God is full of grace. That, that means that he's accepting. He has his arms wide open. He's saying that he's full of grace, but he's also saying he's full of truth. He'll never lie to you. He'll be straightforward. Don't you want a friend like that? Who will love you no matter what and yet will tell you the truth no matter what because they love you? You see, that's this God. And that's who he wants to be to you and to me. And John is saying that this Jesus, who is full of grace and truth, is what Christmas is all about. That he is the God of Christmas, full of grace, accepting. There's nothing you can do to get his acceptance. But full of truth, he loves you enough to tell you the truth. So here's my question. What is your view of God? You might think that God's aloof. You might think that God's indifferent. You might think that he's from a distance, as Bette Midler said. You may think that he's irrelevant. You might think that he's a grandfather type. You might think that he's a policeman waiting for you to go 35 and a 25 and give you a ticket. Been there, done that. How about you? But what if I would tell you that those are all the wrong perceptions of God? That that's not what God is like at all. 
that the Christmas story is all about God coming and becoming flesh and living among us. Why? So that he could show us who he is and what he is like. And so that he could die for your sins and my sins so that we could have this incredible relationship with you. And so if you're going to reject God, make sure that you're rejecting God for who he claims to be, not a college professor or not what someone on the internet describes him as. Do your homework and make sure that if you reject the God of the Christmas, he's the right one. You see, here's what I have found out, that when you talk to people and you ask him to describe their God, I would reject their God. Matter of fact, there's people I've told, your God is my devil. And so it's important that you and I have the reality of who God really is. You see, John was a Jew. And and the Jewish tradition was to believe that there was one God and that he was the creator, but also he was the lawgiver, and he was the judge. He was harsh. But look what John writes. He continues. He says, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the father has made him known, showing us what God is like. Wow. John is saying, if you truly want to know what God is like, you look to Jesus. That's why he came. He came to show you and me who he is. That's why John continues to to say, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him. He's powerful and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything because he's all-powerful. That was created, and his life brought light into everyone. Here's the first thing that Jesus shows us about God. He's all-powerful. Everything was created by him. Everything was created for him, and he sees everything. Wow. Everything that you have gone through in 2022 God has seen it. Your losses, your joys, your sorrows, your disappointments, your victories, your losses, all of that. See, people ask many times, why is there evil in the world? It's simple. God doesn't force you and I to do that which is right. A better question is this. Why is there good in the world? Why is there good in the world? Evil is easy to explain. People make decisions, people choose. The hard thing to explain is the good things. And the reason why there are good things in life is because we have an all-powerful God who sees everything, who sees everything. And he cares about you. He cares about me. John continues to give us a description of who this God is in his writings. I want us to look at another verse that John writes, and and here's what he says. He says, so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. That's God. And we have seen his glory and the glory of the Father's one and only Son. You know what? 
when you see Jesus, you not only see an all-powerful God who sees everything, everything, but we see an all-loving God who cares. John says that he came and was among us. One translation would say he moved into our neighborhood. Why? Because he wanted to be personal. He didn't want to be a God far, far away. That's why his name would be called Emmanuel. He's all loving. And when you and I turn to him in our suffering and in our pain and in our losses and in our confusion, we find love, we find compassion, we find comfort in him. And so let that profound truth sink in that he's all loving and he cares. Here's the reason why. Because every single one of us here today want to be loved. We want to be cared for. And here's the difference between Jesus's love and our love. His love is consistent. His love is constant. You see, the reason why we have insecure kids is because we have parents who do not love consistently and constantly. Y'all okay? You want to deal with all of your insecurities? Then what happens is you experience the all-loving God who cares about you, who loves you not based on your behavior, but based on his character, who will never reject you. And there's nothing you can do to cause him to love you more or to love you less. Why? Because he's all loving. He's all caring. John continues to give us a description of, of who God is. He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what? Eternal life. He says, this God is, is giving. He's generous. He gives us what we need, not what we deserve. He goes on to say this, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Wow. John, this one who was a Jewish man who understood that God was a lawgiver and that God was a judge. He said, this God has come here to show up and to let you know that he's a giving God and that he did not come to condemn, but that he came to save, which lets you and I know that he's an all-forgiving God, and he saves. He saves. You see, God always, listen to me, this is the Christmas story. God always gives us what we need, not what we deserve. God doesn't forgive you because you're good. Maybe you came here today thinking, hey, you know what? I need to score some points with the man upstairs because this past year has been pretty rough. Doesn't work that way with him. He's all loving. He cares. He's all forgiving. You see, when you ask God to forgive you, he doesn't say, I'll get back to you. God forgives you immediately and completely. Why? because it's in his character. It's who he is. And God wants to forgive you of all your sins, every single one of them. The question is, will you receive it? Will you accept it? Who is this God of Christmas? He's all powerful. He sees everything. 
There's not a sparrow that falls to the ground that he doesn't see. He's all loving. He cares. He cares. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's a friend of sinners. I'm thankful for that. He's all forgiving. He saves. Do you know him? Do you know this God of Christmas? Or have you had another perception of who this God is? You see, I believe if we know who this God is, we would run to him. We wouldn't run from him. Do you believe in him? Have you experienced him? You see, here's what I believe. Eternity isn't a reward for good people. It's God's gift for forgiving people. See, Jesus didn't come to make bad people into good people. He came to make dead people in our sins alive to him. And here's the good news, okay? Everyone is invited. And that for God so loved the world, everyone gets in the same way. Wow. And everyone can meet the requirement. Have you received him? See, John tells us what God is like. He describes the God of the Christmas story. And then in one of his other letters, he writes these words. He says, all this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Whoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have the son of God does not have life. He says, I've written these things to you who believe in the name of the son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Christmas is all about God coming to earth so that you and I would not have to live by a perception of who he is, but that you and I could know who he is, that he's all powerful. He sees, he's all loving, he cares. He's all forgiving, he saves. He came to die for you and me. That's the God. All other gods of every religion ask you to die for them. Our God, the God of the Christmas story, came to die for me and you. Would you pray with me? Just bow your heads. Eternity isn't a reward for being good. Eternity is for people who are forgiven. Have you experienced the forgiveness of God? Have you prayed a prayer and meant it from the bottom of your heart? God, I thank you for your love for me. You can just pray it right where you're at. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that you're all powerful, you're all loving, and you're all forgiving. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to fill me with your spirit, your power, your peace, your presence, and give me your purpose so that I can live out the life that you have for me. If you've prayed that prayer, would you let somebody know? Let us know, because it's not an event. If you prayed that prayer, you just entered a relationship, and relationships take nurturing. They need to grow, and we want to help you to do that. And so, God, we thank you for who you really are. 
We thank you for the reality and the truth that you're all powerful. There's nothing too hard, nothing too difficult, that you're all loving, that we could never earn it, and you do it consistently and constantly, and that you're all forgiving. There's not anything that any of us have ever done that you will not and cannot forgive. We thank you. And that gives us a merry, merry Christmas. And it's in your name we give thanks. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to know more about us, please visit our website at newpoint.org. There you'll find past messages, parent resources, times and locations to all of our physical campuses, or you could just download our app at newpoint.org app. There you can find all those same resources just in a mobile version. We want to say thank you again for joining us and we'll see you next time.